0: 60 Cycle Home, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing, podcasts.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Great. Yeah. Now that you've turned up your headphones because we're <laughs> speaking so softly, we're going to return to our normal speaking voice. That's going
1: to be really hard to mix in with the uh, the theme song.
0: Yeah. Why did we do that?
1: I don't know, because we're stupid. Are you even going to try
0: to make this work or should we just... Should we do, def- do a different one? <laughs> yeah maybe hey this is
1: Ryan hey
0: this is Steve you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum the guitar buying selling trading modding fixing breaking reviewing playing podcast Whoa. bro
1: oh yeah yeah morning zoo crew yeah hey, stay well, on stay hey, the line to win two tickets to Taylor Swift
2: oh yeah. <laughs>
1: I think you mean Taylor Smith.
2: Whoa! Oh, Oh, man. Hey,
0: Ryan, do you know what episode this is? Oh, it's 92. Yeah, 92,
1: dude. Yeah, you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum 92.2.
0: Oh, yeah. Speaking of radio... (laughs) uh <laughs> local the supposed last local internet or in, independent radio station it no longer exists. Well
1: isn't uh, 91X supposed to be independent even though they're owned by an insurance company well, or something?
0: Well same thing with 94.9 is owned by some insurance company. Yeah. a bunch of lawyers. But yeah,
1: uh, KPRI was a well, actual independent radio KPRI station. still exists technically Well yeah the station There's still KPRI The station numbers exist but it's yeah. a, it's love now
0: Well they're still call they're still calling themselves KPRI Right because the call numbers the call letters are right, changed
1: Right but it, you know it's not their brand anymore yeah, KPRI yeah. used to be their brand now well, they're a love station KPRI's brand used to be sets 102 was it sets? I haven't yeah. listened to KPRI in forever. I
0: don't know if that was
1: the jingle, but Melissa used to listen to sets all the time. They used to be kind of like a station you would go to for kind of softer... softer. Uh, selections out of alternative music. Yeah, they were... Uh, like, you go there if you're Alanis Morissette. Yeah, they and... were...
0: Uh, technically, I think their format was adult alternative. Sure. So, your Alanis Morissette, your Cheryl Crows, your Counting Crows. Yeah, anything black, with anything with Crowes. <laughs> uh, you know, your... Um, is it like Finger Eleven or whatever? Like right. A lot of... Your Creed, your Hoobastanks. Yeah, yeah. Your Lisa Lowe. You know, your...
1: acoustic nirvana. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Nothing too challenging, but stuff from a certain time period.
0: Yeah. And now they are K- positive hits. K-Love.
1: It's Christian radio. Yeah. It's Christian. Positive hits. It's, it's popular Christian music radio.
0: Which, and I, I've expressed this in a few different places where people are talking about KPRI. Like, it's kind of a bummer from a... Independent radio standpoint, sure. That it had to be that station because the San Diego is a pretty repetitive market. Yeah, um but I am kind of excited that even though I almost sometimes I feel like I'm listening to it ironically, like I'm kind of excited that San Diego has a Christian station that has like full county coverage now.
1: Right. We de- we actually have not had that option in my whole life. We've had we've yeah. had stations that come in from L.A. Yeah, uh, but we've never had our full own station well, like,
2: for when, Christian music. Even,
0: even when K Wave was super popular, they're blasting out of Julian. But which they're is more up in the mountains. they're more talk they're radio more format. Talk. There's also another station, uh, ninety six point one, which is at their local Air One affiliate, which is basically like the like K Love is more your middle of the road, uh, may, like uh,
2: basi- mean,
0: I, basically like your Christian uh your Christian alternative to like
1: Christian your, pop, your
0: sort of. Taylor Swifts and your Katy Perry's. yeah, it's pop.
1: Yeah, Christian, it's pop.
0: pop, and maybe like a little pop rock. Air one is more like pop rock and alternative, so you get a little, you get a little more distortion.
1: <laughs> okay, so you get like the Newsboys in there. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh man, I haven't yeah. listened to popular Christian but, uh, music in a long yeah, time.
0: Yeah, but ninety six point one, basically, you can only listen to that station, like south of Balboa avenue oh okay hey ryan i have a question for you oh great what is this the san diego geography and radio podcast i
1: know right we've been
0: we're pretty far off topic well it's you know i'm just talking about local
1: music well let's get back on topic what's new steve (laughs) um i bought a kilobyte cool man where'd you get that from
0: um i bought it from josh thompson Uh, listener of the show friend of the show now friend of the show I don't know why not yeah why uh, not I heard about that from uh, uh, I heard about it from Curtis Kent of Curtis Kent Toneworks the YouTuber oh cool Uh, he posted on Twitter he's like hey I was just talking to my buddy Josh he's selling all these pedals so I sent him an email and he was like yeah man and he's like well I got another person who says they want to buy it and I was like oh okay well just let me know And then he's like, oh, that guy bailed, so uh, you're next in line, so let's do this thing.
1: Cool. What kind of deal did you get on
0: it? Uh... He gave me $10 off his asking
1: price, Whoa!
0: and then I paid like six bucks of that back to cover PayPal fees, because I'm a great guy. Because
1: you're a good dude.
0: And even at like, so I think uh, basically it ended up being like 181, and those pedal, the the kilobytes hard to find. Are they like 230 Um, new? I don't know what they are new. Okay. Uh, I knew a while ago, I know they're like all over reverb for like 200. Um, well, I'm gonna check. So, I, you know, I had some trouble finding, it, and I didn't do a ton of ton of work trying to find it. I saw some on eBay that had sold for a lot cheaper, but those are all the one that don't have tacos. Um,
1: tacos, tacos. So, what do
0: you, what do you mean by that? The original, I'm trying to remember the story, but the original kilobyte, if I'm getting the story right, uh, didn't the modulation knob was an internal trim pot. Uh huh. And so, um, the story of tacos was that like, when
1: tell me the story, when, of tacos. I think it was
0: the Los Angeles Lakers would beat a team and they would score more than a hundred points. And the team that they beat would score like less than some number. I don't know what that number was, but basically like considered a blowout uh-huh. where the Lakers scored more than, and it was like a blow and the Lakers scored more than a hundred, um, all the fans would get free taco coupons or something. Oh nice. So, um, I mean, I don't
1: like sports, but I do like tacos.
0: Yeah, so there's actually some YouTube video of this one game where the the game's like winding down and all the fans start chanting, "We want tacos! We want tacos!" And so the idea of like it being called the Tacos Knob is it's like this it's like this extra special knob. Oh, Okay, like it's like a thrown-in freebie, but I think it was originally like some kind of a mod where they they if you got in on the Kickstarter that didn't have the mod, um, because you were a Kickstarter supporter, you could like send it to Caroline and they would they upgraded it for free or something. I I don't really know the details. So you're saying of it.
1: that the one that you're getting has tacos. The one that I'm getting has
0: like the um, trim po- or like the uh, mini uh knob gotcha for modulation cool and the one that i'm having is different than the one that we uh demoed as so far as the, it's a different finish the one i'm getting is like the white finish oh neat which i think might be specific to like a a certain retailer
1: huh um like a pro guitar shop or something like that yeah i,
0: I want to say it Chicago. was like maybe vintage tone king oh okay um was the site that that got that finish i I, again i I don't really know it's one of these things where the caroline guys were like just doing different finishes for different shops yeah yeah so it's like they they do a lot of or they've done a few different runs of the kilobyte that are um like limited editions Uh uh-huh but it's just all they did was like they made a 101 finish or like you know they made a few hundred and one finish and then after that ran out, like they were like, oh, let's do this other finish. Well, let's do this other finish. So, it's all the same pedal. They're just in different finishes.
1: Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. This such a cool pedal. We were both really impressed with that thing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind having one, too, at some point. I just got that DD6, so I still got to put that thing through its paces. And right. I'm still learning the bellwether, so it's like my delays... World is full right yeah, now. Yeah, you know,
0: I uh, I put my. But those,
1: the kilobyte, I was really impressed yeah, with that. I thing. put
0: my memory boy back on the board uh, uh-huh. this past week, and it's really crazy. I never. I think when I had a. Like before I borrowed that kilobyte, uh, it never really bothered me, but like this past week with the memory boy, I couldn't believe how dark my tone was with that thing on. Yeah. And I know like it's a true analog delay. Uh, and it's just kind of voiced dark in general, um, so it's just very, it's just muddy. It's not like a bright yeah thing.
1: I mean, that's what you get with with the EHX memory right uh, circuits. Is is it's a pretty dark delay, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I'll keep one of those with, like, a, a boss delay on my board. So I've got my bright delays and I've got my dark delays. Right. And I can kind Beca- of mix them.
0: Because I usually run my delays um, simultaneously, huh. I just could not get, like, the tone that I wanted because, like, the DD5 is so bright, uh, but because the memory boy was so dark, there wasn't anything for the DD5 to brighten up.
1: Right, right. Like
0: it was just I. It just every time I turned the memory boy on, like I felt like I couldn't
1: hear myself yeah. anymore. I feel like my memory toy isn't that bad, but it is a pretty dark sounding delay pedal. Right, that's for but sure. I, you know, I think
0: for if I was just like in a single guitar situation, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But you know, with church where we had like two electric guitars running and piano and yeah, a bunch of other stuff going on, like I felt like I just disappeared.
1: Nate's freaking uh, Jay Mascus that he just got. That thing is cool. Yeah, Nate, I didn't get a chance to play it, but I listened to it a lot. Nate is our worship leader and he just got uh, the Squire J Mascus, Jazzmaster. That thing is really great. I'm really impressed with it. I just really love the finish on it, the white with the gold anodized pickguard. Right. I picked it up, it plays and feels great. It feels like what you would expect out of like a Mexican Fender. Yeah. Uh, like it's just got a really good feel. The pickups, I thought, sounded great, man. Yeah,
0: it sounded really good. I didn't get a chance to play it. I just was kind of like, you know, as soon as I finish up, I think on Sunday, was I there by myself? I was there with my kids. So, it's like as soon as I finish, like, I'm tearing down and trying to pick up my kid and doing a bunch of other stuff. So, I didn't really get a chance to play with Nate's new toy.
1: Yeah. Totally cool guitar, though. I see why people love those things now. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways... You, know, you were playing electric guitar. Yeah. He was playing electric guitar. There were all these electric guitars. I'm going to play yep. this Sunday. I know. So what's new with me this week is uh, I completely destroyed my ring finger on my fretting hand.
0: Yeah, you don't need that anymore. Anyway. And I've,
1: I'm playing a show tomorrow night with Dinosaur Ghost, which I do need that finger for. And then I'm playing on Sunday morning, <laughs> which I probably don't need that finger for, but I like to have it. I you only know? play with
0: one finger on Sundays. <laughs>
1: Uh, tell us about it Steve Uh, so um, basically I was working on the masks for dinosaur ghosts I wear the skull masks yeah and I was using hot glue and I filled a hole in one of them with a bunch of hot glue and then I wasn't paying attention and I was turning the mask around and stuck my finger in a hole full of hot glue nice and instantly went into like animalistic panic mode I'm like I'm on fire. I'm on fire. What am I gonna do? I'm <laughs> rubbing the glue off on my pants I'm like trying to pull the glue off with my other hand already. The glue is starting to harden and It's formed an immediate like water blister Because it was so hot so I'm pulling at the glue and a giant chunk of my skin came off with the glue
0: Oh gross and left
1: the, the pink fleshy stuff underneath. I wrapped it up in a band-aid I haven't looked at it since but that finger is out of commission now, and I gotta play a show tomorrow night, so I'm wondering how it's gonna go, what it's gonna be like. Um, I might just have to take it real simple, learn how to use my pinky or something a little bit more. Which I do use my pinky, but not. Right. I, you know, I'm no, I'm no Joe Satriani over here. I'm not, you know, doing bends with my pinky. Like my my ring finger is kind of my power finger. You know. Right so i'm i'm curious you gotta to see play
0: those power chords with your power yeah finger. i'm
1: curious to see how this is going to end up maybe it'll feel all right tomorrow maybe i can just take a bunch of painkillers and do a bunch of drinks before i play and i'll make it through and then play slide sunday morning or something oh like gosh. that um i could play slide sunday morning adam is leading When we usually do kind of more like a gospel thing when he leads
0: Yeah, the last time he kind of was all over
1: Yeah, yeah So, you know, destroying your hands when you're a musician Never a good thing No, sir, it is not Do you ever worry about that? Like, if you do something to your hands Do you take a minute and go like, wait a minute Can I play?
0: Um, I don't actually
1: Oh really, you don't care?
0: Um, well, just because I just... I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of think about it a little, but um, I haven't thought about it really heavily in a a long time just because I'm not really playing shows as much. So I feel like for like a Sunday morning thing, if I have to bail, there's like three other bass players who can jump in for me. You know, whereas like when we were in a band together, uh, you know, if something happens, then like, it's not like, oh yeah, just call on the backup guitar player. Yeah, yeah. You know, to, to... that already knows all the parts for for th- my band or whatever uh-huh. you know so that's a little different um i do do that with like other things where it's like if i like if i'm at work and like i'm lifting a box and like i lift wrong and like uh-huh. you have like a back spasm or something and it's like a monday i'm like oh no am i gonna be able to play softball tonight <laughs> <laughs> you know so that kind of stuff happens or i i, I guess a little bit like the opposite like if I'm always worried like if I get hurt in softball like am I gonna you know if I break my wrist playing softball how am I gonna go to work yeah I, totally I do do a lot of like uh, manual manipulations at work
1: you we need to have your hands at least my hands. I mean we all you know most people these days are using some kind of computer for their work if you can't use your hands what are you gonna do yeah. you can't Siri everything yeah you know hey Siri <laughs> are you expecting an answer from her right now no no <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's what's new with me. I destroyed my finger. I got nothing else. Have
0: you ever had any other like uh guitar injuries? Or is this, is this your first one or your first one on I've, your mind?
1: You know, I've always been pretty rough on my body. I've all, you know, I've cut fingers and done awful things to my hands and where I couldn't play for a while, but I think this is the first time in a long time where it's been like, wow, I have a band and I really need my fingers to work. Right um other guitar injuries i've always worried about when i'm tuning a string that it's going to pop out and slash my my, slash my eyeball in half which i don't think has ever happened in the history of the world but i read that suggestion on the internet when i was learning to play guitar like on the early days (laughs) of harmony central right and so it's forever in my mind and because I said it here on the podcast, anyone who heard that is going to be forever in their mind.
0: I did. I actually knew someone who like popped a guitar string while tuning their guitar, like putting strings on the first time and like over tightened them and it popped and she like cut her, like it popped and like hit her, like went across her arm and like cut her arm. Oh, I like, just like a Like the same as like a cat scratch.
1: Yeah. That like, kind
0: of depth. Just like just enough to be an, like annoyingly
1: painful for how small of an injury yeah. it is. Um, I just always get to that high E string, and I'm tuning it, I'm tuning it, and I'm like, it's going to break, it's going to break, and I look down at the tuner, and it's like at C, and I'm like, I've got a long way to go. Yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> um, back in YFB, the YFB days, like my hands were always torn up. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it was. So what made me think about this, and it is a perfect topic, is I was on some forum. Somebody was saying, like, oh, I played finger-style guitar, like for an hour today and like i've got this weird thing going on in my hand like i don't know what it is and what it was was it was just a blister right and it was a fairly small blister and some people were like oh that's how calluses start and whatever but i know like i don't know what it is about my hands but i mean i have some level of calluses but i never really developed like the heavy like bass player calluses even when i was playing bass like I don't know 2 or 3 hours at a time. Right. Like three like three times a week, um I would just get like crazy blisters on my plucking
1: hand. Yeah, I remember that.
0: And especially like when we'd have a show. So if we were going to do like if we were to do shows like 3 days apart, I'd just be like I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. Yeah. Um so I never used played to wreck I ourselves never played in that with band. A pick. And uh so it was just something where, like, I saw that and I was like, huh. I was like, that's nothing. Um, because I remember doing... Um, actually, I think it was a show we did with Honor Wounds, with Coz band, the Ad Wizard. Uh-huh. And um, I had... We did something, like, a few days before... Like, maybe a show a few days before. So I already had blisters. So I was like, do I lance these? And I tried the super glue trick. So uh-huh. I lanced them and then tried to cover my fingers with super glue. And the thing is is like I played so hard that the Super glue only lasted like one and a half songs. Oh my gosh. And then I was just like digging into like open blister.
1: It sounds like you just needed to work on your picking style, Steve.
0: I don't know what it is. Like I don't I it's a it's an aggression level. Sure, sure. You know, and it was something where I felt like you know, yeah, I could have laid back and like do, do but yeah. You wanted that. You wanted to tear into it. No one wants that, Steve. Yeah. Everyone wanted the Steve that was like trying to jump off of a full stack <laughs> and like failing miserably. We all want
1: full stack Steve. Full stack. <laughs> That's your new nickname, full
0: stack oh Steve. Oh my gosh. This sounds like a, this sounds like a <laughs> new item at
1: IHOP. Hey, come in and try Steve's full stack. Yeah, full stack Steve. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. All right, should we get into ads? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, this first one is from Kyle Smith uh, and it's a screen grab from uh, someone else on Facebook somewhere. So you're saying
0: it's a screen grab of a screen grab?
1: Yeah but it's uh, anything you see, one dollar May- Maryberry, uh, North Carolina. Oh, this might be one of those local uh, buy sell trade groups. Yeah so trades, anything you see interest you have about ask about the non-pictured vintage gear i have so we have a couple pictures here one's got like a keyboard some kind of epiphone black guitar uh some pedals an ipad just a bunch of random stuff in the pictures picture of an ibanez guitar an epiphone acoustic some kind of mandolin uh i think that's a box of microphones and then some kid playing a uh, a guitar with a half stack.
0: Yeah, maybe that may, might be like a, some kind of Jackson.
1: And then there's a, uh, a picture of a Fender, what looks like a silver-faced Princeton, with right. a leg in front of it with fishnets. Yeah. So this guy's just got everything you could imagine going on in all these pictures. And it's just kind of over-the-top ridiculous. And it's just kind of like this guy's got a serious gear thing going on where he's got a ton of stuff and he's like he needs to scratch that itch right I just need another thing I will trade one of these old things out get me a new thing and I think that the you know obviously the leg in the fishnets is funny Right. I almost suspect that it's the leg of the kid in the in the picture next <laughs> right, to it. Right, It's like you have put on fishnets for Halloween or from for some you know funky school dance or something, and this is the picture you took. I've seen two
0: posts uh, recently. Speaking of kids at the high school, whatever, uh-huh. uh huh, on on Reddit in like the guitar groups where guys have been like hey me and my friends are starting a band our goal is to play at prom like what are some tips and I'm just like don't
1: don't, like (laughs) like what I thought I thought proms usually had DJs
0: I think they usually do but I guess at some schools they still hire bands like but I would assume it's like cover bands and I'm just thinking like The guys like, oh yeah, so my buddies are gonna play drums and my other buddy's gonna sing and and, like. So I thought like, oh, I'd play lead guitar. So can you you guys have some tips for me? I've never played guitar before, and so I'm just like, okay, so you've got like six and a half months to basically like learn enough guitar to put yourself in like a prom, like a prom band, like.
1: What? Yeah. I can't think of a single band made up of high schoolers where I would be stoked if they played prom.
0: Right, right.
1: When I was that age. Because it's like high school bands, especially local high school bands, it's one thing if you're like a national act that just happens to be young. If you're the local high school band, no one wants to listen to you at a prom. Like they barely want to listen to you at that all ages venue, you know, down the road where you have to pay an awful amount of money to get in and the band had to pay to play sort of thing. But it's like, because no one at that age, very few people at that age are even making something at the cover band level. There might be one guy in the band who's like carrying the band with his extreme amount of talent and then he had a friend who was a drummer and a bassist. Yeah, we
0: had like maybe in the time, like while I was in high school, I think we might have had like one or two kind of like that bands that were considered like high school bands Yeah, that one of them actually ended up signing with like a minor San Diego label. Uh-huh. Um, and they were like fairly like well known in the metal scene. Um, but that's the thing though. Yeah. Like no, all the,
1: all the bands that were in high school when I was in high school were like hardcore bands. Right. Who wants that at prom? And even if, even if they're a band trying to make like accessible music, it's not going to be good. Yeah. I mean, the hardcore is great and like heavy metal is great for teenagers because it doesn't have to be accessible. So it can be out there and be really heavy and really loud. And it's great for people who like that. Yeah. But it's like you to do like at prom, you need popular music for people to recognize and dance. Yeah. And
0: even if it was like a situation where, um, it, maybe they were only gonna play like three or four songs like the DJ would do like an hour set and then you have like this band do a few songs like that's the love then that's the level that you have to be at is like you're competing with a DJ. yeah so if you can't put out like something that's on par or be entertaining at a, the level of like just music being played that people can dance to
1: uh-huh
0: like I mean you can alter you can find ways to be entertaining that aren't necessarily like by being awesome at music yeah uh, i mean we won a battle of the bands where we spent like five of our 15 minutes tuning yeah totally um but like we had a uh music program at our school that had like a pop band and i could have seen them doing like 10 or 15 minutes set at prom sure but they, they that was a class like they would play at the at the mall and like they would do mall concerts and they recorded an album one year and they would do a lot of like um like 60s and kind of 70s stuff the the guy who headed that program up was like just a monster B3 player. Yeah. And so they were doing a lot of that stuff so he would be like behind the band playing like a keyboard but he was basically he was playing like a synthesizer that was like a but playing like B three parts on a synth. Yeah,
1: I feel like if I was, like, I didn't go to prom, I was homeschooled. I did go to like a, some friends like, like high school dances or whatever, but I didn't go to the yeah. prom. I'm sure you danced a lot too. Ah, I barely danced at all. I'm not a dancer. Um, but if I was gonna well, that go, just probably means you're human. If I was gonna go to a prom, and want uh, there to be a band there, then I'd want it to be you know like the under the sea fish dance from back to the future style you know right with, you know right with marvin barry with marvin Berry, chuck yeah. Berry's cousin yeah. um you know i'd want that kind of feel to it and that just doesn't exist anymore that's not going to hold you know any kids interest you know all those kids they want to hear a dubstep song or something right. you know yeah, they want to hear uh, someone drop the
2: bass. Although, I, mean, I will
1: say there ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. So, you know, I it would either be I'd want the ideal, like, early 50s prom band. Right. Or I'd want, like, 90s hip-hop prom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would Those are the two proms that I would be compatible with. I don't even know how we got on this subject.
0: Uh, we're talking about trades. We're talking about fishnets. Um, oh, and then you said, like, oh, maybe it was, like, a joke
1: from prom. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyways, right, let's that the- ad has stuff in it. Look at the picture on our Instagram or our Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this Yamaha from Aaron. What's Aaron's last name? Aaron Abubo. Abubo. Bu- I hope we're pronouncing that correctly. These things are cool, man. I've always kind of had a secret desire to get a '70s Yamaha. Uh, one of the SGs. This is an SG30, and it's basically you know their take on the Gibson SG in that it's a double cutaway with some sharp like devil horn points. Right. But they're more subdued and more pulled back. And I, have, I think it's a really classy look. This is an interesting one. I've never seen one with a pick guard on it like this. The SG30s have a pick guard. Some of them have a white one. This one's got a black one. Uh, They're just really classy. These, you know, this is on eBay right now active for in the next two days. So when this episode is live, it'll be done. But right now it's at $203 with 21 bids it Um, might
0: get up to like i would guess that this is going to end up selling around 350. probably i think the range on them
1: is 300 to 600. wow yeah depending on the buyer and depending on the finish probably or the condition these old yamahas are great this one looks like it's in really decent condition yeah they're they're great they're they're actual like really decent players guitars They have standard-sized pickups in them, so you could swap out the pickups if you want. You probably don't need to, Uh, but yeah, seventies Yamaha's—they were knocking it out of the park in the seventies. You know, where Gibson was failing, companies like Yamaha were picking up the slack. You know, Gibson, yeah, Gibson and Fender weren't doing great in the seventies, but these guys, like I like. You know you have memories of your youth like seeing people play on TV or yeah whatever I remember people playing Yamahas a lot in like the 80s right well I had that and at, seeing footage from the 70s people playing them a right lot.
0: I had that a uh, like s I think it was a SBG 200 something like that I don't
1: remember that one you bought it did I <laughs> oh is that the one we got at the same time as that as the fake Les Paul yeah yeah that was a cool guitar
0: oh yeah played great the the, the sound wasn't uh, the best which I think is you know that seems to be a general take on import stuff from that era sure um, but it was a phenomenal player
1: this thing just looks cool to me and you know, it looks really clean I like that the wings the, the the horns are pulled back and a little bit more subdued for what this is going to go for it's going to be a great player for someone so yeah great price on these go pick one up guys yeah i'm not going to do it right now i have too many guitars but <laughs> if you if you're looking for a double humbucker guitar and you want to make a statement these days and like stand out from the crowd yeah 70s sg from yamaha or any double cut from yamaha from the 70s you're not you're not gonna go wrong, man. Nope. They look classy while also looking edgy, and they play great. You can make them sound great. If you don't like the pickups, you can always swap them, like yeah. any guitar. And
0: you're not putting like so much into it that you feel like, oh, if I modify this, I'm killing the
1: re, I'm killing the sure. the vintage value. because well, just, it's a Yamaha. Just keep those pickups if you're worried about that, and yeah. put them back in when you sell them. So yeah, great ad. I just wanna it's one of those ones that I wanted to talk about just because I think it's cool.
0: They're great. They're yeah. they're the old Yamaha stuff's great.
1: Let's find a...
0: even the newer Yamaha stuff. Like it's not know, bad. I'm going to talk about Nate again. He's got that Yamaha semi hollow. Yeah, that thing's fantastic. I,
1: yeah. Is that newer? I thought it was an '80s guitar. No, it's
0: a newer one. Really? I'm just saying, like, yeah, that's like a current production model.
1: Huh? I'm
0: pretty. Su- I'm pretty sure because it's got those, uh, like, Demarzio p90 things in interesting
1: them. i for some reason i thought it was like an 80s guitar i think that thing's cool though yeah the yamaha has made some really cool guitars they've made some weird stuff here and there yeah uh now they own line six yep that's true which is probably a good move yeah i'm surprised people
0: haven't like want tried to get us to talk about the helix oh the new line six multi thing yeah
1: Eh, it's like fifteen
0: hundred dollars. It's like supposed to be, I guess,
1: competing with the Axe effects Fifteen hundred dollars, Jeez Louise! I don't know
0: anything about it.
1: Yeah, this all this all this money going into these high end modelers now. You know, like the yeah.
0: hey, pick up your HD five hundred on your Craigslist
1: in six months for two hundred bucks. You no, know, it's not a bad idea. I might, I might have to get myself some older Line Six at some point. I'll just wait until the Helix is ten years old, and I'll pick one up for three hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, but by then you're gonna be like, oh man! But if I wait another ten years, I can get Helix five for. When I'm seventy years old,
1: I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get something from Line Six. That line, is t- line
0: Line Six Spider
1: Nineteen. We should hit that Line 6 ad that we have after this uh, Newcaster Electric Custom guitar right. from, uh, from Brad Moses. Brad Moses. This is a local builder, I think, in the North Carolina region. The reason he sent this to us is the headstock, 100%. Yes. Uh, I don't know anything about the rest of the body. Do you uh, have any uh, opinion on it?
0: Ash, amber smoked steel hardware, whatever that means. Probably the color ash, maple neck, ebony board, blah blah, whatever. It's a Telecaster. Yeah, it's a it's a Telecaster. It's got Wilkinson hardware. uh You know, the guy's asking seven hundred. Is that a fair price for a parts caster? Uh, I I don't know. Maybe.
1: uh Yeah the, the 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 real thing here is the headstock design. Brad Moses said that. He can't get over the headstock because it looks like it was stung by a bee, which is what it does look like. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. If it didn't have the weird metal thing on it, the star thing on the headstock. And if that headstock was painted like red or something like that and with a red body, you know. Right. Like a matching headstock to body sort of thing. I think I would really dig this headstock. Well, you know, the comment I made on this and I didn't make this comment
0: sarcastically was at least they tried. Yeah, at least they tried to do
1: something like, a little different.
0: It's definitely like a Telecaster style headstock. Um, but you know, at least they tried to do something a little different with it where the it's obviously a Telecaster, but it's also like so many companies are just like uh oh, well, we're making a Telecaster style neck so our body and let's just use a Telecaster neck, whatever. Let's just throw it on all parts. Yeah.
1: Or let's put, you know, some kind of like our own neck style, headstock style on there. They tried to do something new on here. Yeah. I think it's neat because it's funky. I think it looks bad in a fun way, which is why I like it. Uh, But I could see why Brad Moses would be like, what the hell? The me saying, I like it. I fully acknowledge that that's just because of the weirdness that is inside of me that I like it, it's not because I actually think it's a viable marketable headstock shape. I don't think like if you saw a bunch of these on the wall at a guitar store, I don't think they would sell very well. I think it is conventionally ugly.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe I don't think I think that this is unique enough that if you could get one of these into my hands uh-huh. and it, I liked it that it wouldn't bother me. It you. wouldn't bother me. Whereas like, um, the, the, the perfect example for me is the Bill Lawrence, I think it's called the Swampcaster, Uh uh-huh. um, which is, I think a Telecaster style guitar. It has kind of like the Tele headstock or like a Strat headstock going on, but it's got kind of like, uh, it's turned the bulb on the Strat headstock into like a hook.
1: Yeah. I hate the hook thing. Uh, like that, we've said so many times,
0: it's not a good take.
1: Any anytime, anytime, we've said this before, anytime there's a part on a guitar that looks like a bottle opener, like in the shape of the body or the <laughs> neck, that's a bad sign. Right. I'm not a fan of the hook or bottle opener sort of thing. It, it always looks wrong to me. It always looks cheap to me. It always looks poorly planned to me. No offense to any of you guys who are using that on your builds. It, I just don't like it.
0: Yeah, I, I I think there's ways to pull it off, but for the yeah, most part... Yeah, you could part, pull it
1: off with a, with like a handsaw. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I want to find that line six real quick. Where the, did it go?
0: The one from David? Is it from David?
1: David Chote? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David Chote was trying to get me to do a trade for some of his stuff this week. He's been trying to me, get me to take a guitar off his hands for a while. He's got this crazy funky guitar i just don't need another guitar and if i do it's probably i'm probably not going to get a guitar that's that funky because this thing's crazy right but uh, david chody is a a man of our own heart always on craigslist locally always you know if we don't get something on craigslist he's probably the next in line to go get it and vice (laughs) vice versa um this is for a line six one thousand watt amp for $100, that's a really good watt-to-dollar ratio. Yeah, that's
0: like $0.10 cents per watt.
1: Yeah. That's keep, a way better deal than
0: like an AC-30. Yeah, totally. But that's only like, 30 watts. For like a vintage Princeton, that's like 12 watts. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to pay like $1,000 for I that. mean, you
1: even get yourself a 100-watt Marshall. It's not as good as that. Yeah. You know? This is, yeah, $0.10 cents a watt. There's not a cheaper watt out there. So, selling my Line 6. I don't play guitar as much as I used to. It's in good condition. The Line 6 badge peeled off after a while. I think that was a popular thing to happen <laughs> with these models. Power cord comes with. Hit me up if you're interested. Yeah. I don't. He comes with that power cord. It is a popular thing to peel off the logo.
0: <laughs> well, if your if your amp is line 6, it might be a yeah. popular thing to peel off the logo. Which model is this? It's one of the Spider series ones. Oh, okay. Um yeah, it's probably uh, not
1: great. Uh $100 is probably a fair price. It looks like there's no way this thing is 1000 watts. It's probably 100 watts, right?
0: Yeah, I I want to hope that this was a typo and that this might be like one of the like a spider one hundred or something, yeah, or maybe I don't like know if a, they, I don't think they even made a hundred watt model. I think they made a seventy five and then a one hundred and fifty. Oh, okay, um, but I could be wrong. And I don't care enough for any of you to if you if anyone writes and and are like, dude, there's totally a hundred watt line six. I don't care. Yeah, none
1: of us care. It's been a long time since Line 6 put out an amp, where <laughs> It's was, been a
0: long time since I've been wrong about something on this podcast. No, it's been a long time
1: so, yeah. since Line 6 put out an amp, and I was interested in it, you know? I can't remember, I think I was, like, kind of dazzled by the modeling amps when they first came out. I was like, oh, this is cool. You can get a lot of different sounds out of your amps. Right. And that's when I was, you know, a young dude working minimum wage, and I didn't have a lot of options financially for gear. Um. And I didn't have a lot of knowledge as far as what I would actually want and what was available. Uh, you know, I have nothing. I have nothing against Line Six amps as beginners' amps. Right. I think it's actually probably a pretty decent place to start if you're playing in your bedroom or you're playing with your first band. You're trying to figure out if this whole music thing is actually for you. It's not a bad start. Just stay away from the uh, the insane channel. <laughs> like you don't need to be that heavy, guys. Yeah,
0: I liked the. Um uh, I didn't. I never used them, but I thought the Spider Valve series was was interesting, uh-huh. which was their uh, collaboration with Bogner, right? Right. Uh, to make like basically like it was a Spider front end. Um, we didn't and have like tube power amps like or something. Bogner power section kind of a deal. And I've always heard the Vetta series was really good. And I know a lot of like pro guys, yeah, especially like people in professional cover bands were using the Vetta heads.
1: It just um, seems like these days, like, people aren't getting modeling amps, they're getting external modelers and then yeah. r- running it into the amp of their choice, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that whole concept is kind of waning. I think it's going to live strong in, like, you know, the Fender Mustang concept where it's bedroom amps with a lot of options built in, you know? But most people don't want a full wattage amp that is a modeler. right it's
0: you know the only p- I, I don't even think it's that and i think maybe that again that's kind of where that helix was is trying to get back in the high end game because people who are doing modeling now are going high end like yeah no one's buying the 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 line 6 spider stuff yeah to use professionally uh no one's really i don't even know what line 6's mid-range thing is but a lot of people who have like mid-range and better money are going Kemper. Yeah, totally. Um, and a lot of professional bands right now are playing Kempers. Oh, You yeah. see them on TV all the time Well, now. you know,
1: think about a better road amp, you know? Like yeah. if, if you have a, you know, that's the strong point of anything digital modeling is that you save your settings that you used in studio on your album or even like you came up with your stu- with your settings that closely mimic your album settings. Yeah. No matter what happens to that box, no matter what knobs get bumped, your presets are there when you arrive. You plug it in, you're ready to go. You know, you don't need to have a stack. There's probably going to if you're playing stadium shows or whatever, there's probably a wall of Marshalls just because everyone brings a wall of Marshall fronts with them. You know but behind that everyone's got their little amps no yeah for real and you know you've got all your presets on there and you've got a foot switch to get you where you need to go why wouldn't you do that if you're a touring band you know
0: yeah a lot of there's a picture that's going around i forget who the band is uh but it's so, like some metal band playing some festival and they've got you know the wall of the fake the wall of fake marshals uh-huh and then but the and the picture taken from like the side of the stage, so you see the you see all these empty cabinets, and then you see like this, uh, I don't know what like you know Marshall fifty watt Marshall two by twelve yeah yeah and totally it's got a microphone on it and but that's, that's the way
1: you do it yeah I yeah you can you imagine running an actual wall of Marshalls and then mixing it in a live sound situation yeah it would be it would not work for most bands it would work for Motorhead it would work for ACDC it wouldn't work for most bands. I think it works for like Sun and Mogwai and those kinds of bands. Yeah, but for most bands, you have to have a little bit more of a nuance to your mix. Right, right. Than just, okay, drums, mic, and as loud as possible, guitars and bass, just as loud as possible. Like, that doesn't work for most bands. Well, obviously
0: those bands need a 300-watt
1: satellite. Oh my gosh, that thing was insane. Oh... I need to go back to satellite just to play with that thing some more. <laughs> I oh yeah. If I'm ever like super rich, I'm gonna have a basement under my house just so I can have one of those oh and, my gosh. and go down there when I'm stressed out and need to just relax and just plug in my 300 watt amplifier <laughs> and just let it feed feedback and I'll have like the the heavy heaviest duty like earplugs in right and so i'll just feel you've got,
0: like foam plugs in and then you've got like shooters muffs yeah. on top of them
1: and i'll just sit down there and storm power cords and feel my teeth rattle you know nice yeah it'd be my rich guys version of a of a massaging chair you know get all my bones back in alignment oh my gosh, that thing was nuts man just the uh you know the audacity of of that sort of thing right it's it's beautiful totally beautiful we need to we need to get in touch with him and go over and do an episode at satellite yeah man it'd be great all right uh do, we've got 15 minutes Let's let's try to pick a topic out of that grab bag all right let me see if i can get to it real quick uh where was it I'm cruising the facebook group i'm
0: not even gonna try my phone's garbage
1: the internet sucks tonight. I know it's well. Can't re- re- remember anything from it. Uh,
0: we did. We did top jacks last week. Uh, something about um, when you see a person playing a guitar. Like, what are some stereotypes about the person that you assume just because you see them playing a, a certain guitar?
1: Um, I've been hearing people say a lot that they they think that people who played PRSs look like douchebags. <laughs> Do you think that's fair
0: uh i think honestly my opinion of prs like the prs stereotype um my take on it has actually probably changed a lot in the last 10 years okay definitely like 10 years ago i thought prs was like oh you play a prs you must be like a blues doctor sure and or lawyer um
1: like that, there's just something about. Well, I think our horizons have widened a little bit where we used to look at them and be like, oh, $2,500 guitar, why would you ever need that? And well, now we're like, oh, yeah, that's a normal price for a well, guitar. But,
0: but you know, you th- it's one of those things where it's like you see a PRS Custom 24, which is like a $3,000 guitar. Uh-huh. And you think, like, and you see a guy playing that and you're like, oh, PRS, like, yeah, whatever. Like, again, 10 years ago, I see that and I think, like, Oh, you're what? What are you in, like a Creed cover band?
1: Right, sure.
0: Like so, yeah. There's definitely like the oh, PRS is so expensive, angle on it. But at the same time, it's like if I saw somebody playing a, a Gibson Les Paul Custom ten years ago, or a Les Paul Standard, which is in a similar price range, like I wouldn't think like, oh yeah, that guy's like like I see that and go like, oh man, that's a working man's guitar, just not this working man because I'm broke. Um, yeah, but I think. Um, maybe now that PRS is, I don't know if it's just that they are actually less popular or that I just see them in front of my face less because I don't, for a, a while in, you know, the early to early mid 2000s, like every new metal band, sure, every uh, modern rock post grunge band, yeah, like modern rock. You know, uh, it was PRS, 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 and you're just like, man, this is like the crappiest music, and they're all doing it with PRS. Like, there was a stretch where I was like, the only legit musician
1: playing PRS is Santana. The rest of you are a bunch of hacks. Um, I always, I'm not a fan of Incubus, but I always thought that Incubus PRS was cool. Oh yeah, that semi hollow.
0: I think Wait, he doesn't cool even play it
1: anymore. One. I don't know what he plays anymore. I just remember that from when they first came out. Like and yeah. that semi-hollow is pretty cool. <laughs> um it, generally they're just not my style aesthetically. Right. But every time I've picked one up, I've been like, this plays really, really great. They're really great playing instruments. Yeah. If you're looking if you if if you're fine with the aesthetic or if you love the aesthetic, obviously, and you're looking for a great player great playing like two humbucker guitar PRS has to be on your list yeah I
0: I feel like PRS tend to have a very um neutral feel to them sure and what what I I guess I mean by that is like they're kind of built in a way that if you like if you're like a Gibson guy you can pick up a PRS and and find things you like about it sure Fender guy you can pick up a PRS and you're gonna find things you like about it Whereas, like, if you're a Fender guy and you pick up a Gibson, you're just going to be like, this is yeah. a piece of garbage. It's, and vice versa.
1: It's their their own thing, but they kind of straddle the line with some of yeah. their details. Um, but going back to the original concept of the of the topic is, you know, what do you think of when you see you, a certain type of guy playing a certain type of guitar? Or, right. or a guy playing a certain type of guitar, what do you judge them as, you know? Right. Like, I mean, these days, you know... Telecasters and offsets are everywhere. Yeah. So like you see those, and you can't really judge who that person is anymore. Like there's telecasters in heavy metal now. There's offsets all over the place from yeah. indie rock to punk rock to to metal to country, whatever. Everyone's got offsets these days. So those are kind of like off the table where it used to be like telecaster. Oh, what are you country picker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. offset. What are you some kind of? You're either surf rock. Or you're, you know, trying to be Sonic Youth, you know.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, I first started getting into Telecasters in maybe like two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh huh. Um where and that was kind of when you started seeing more and more indie rock bands with them. Yeah. partially driven by uh But I feel like, like that, radio, the radio head, the Radiohead the Radiohead drive But you would see that, more but, of
1: like the 70s style with the humbuckers, wouldn't you? Uh
0: yeah, sometimes yeah, like the 72 deluxes, you'd see those a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, that was the style in the early 2000s.
0: Right. You'd see some more of like the classic style telecasters with some bands. Um I want to say the and I've talked about this before with the Hot Rod Deluxe and the Hot Rod DeVille's, but I think the, gu- the dude who plays guitar in Coldplay was playing like just a standard Telecaster uh-huh. in the early 2000s. Um, but there's definitely been a shift from where there was like just a handful of bands doing it to where those bands, even though Radiohead was like super, I, I think they were probably more popular. 10-15 years ago than they are now oh, I mean sure. they haven't done anything well, in a while
1: yeah well I think they're this. all the people who loved them then love them now but you don't I don't think young people are getting into yeah. them
0: I think more importantly than that though is all of the People that they influenced fifteen years, now, 15 years yeah. ago are now like are now the trendsetters.
1: Sure, sure. So
0: all of these guys who first started getting into music 10, 15 years ago, and were like way into Radiohead, those are the guys in the popular bands now. Yeah, and maybe they fell in love with the Telecaster, you know, because of Radiohead, and that's kind of like part of that legacy.
1: Yeah, I think. You know, I hate to say it, but Radiohead is probably our generation's, like Led Zeppelin, um, the, like musicians. Um, maybe I don't like know. Like musicians and people who were big into music in the kind of late '90s, early 2000s are always gonna like. I I could he, I can he hear the words coming out of someone's mouth my age in a couple of years with a you know like hear like their kids, you know, favorite new band that they're listening to you'd be like, oh yeah, but they're no Radiohead. Right. The same way like my dad or someone that age would be like, oh, they're no Led Zeppelin, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, that kind of mean. that kind of mentality. Right. Like that that they've made that kind of impression on the people who were their audience from their time. You right. know. So I that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying in musical skill or in depth of Influence across yeah, the board. I just don't know if
0: Radiohead really had like the the pop an, the pop success. Yeah, yeah. You know, to make I'm that, saying to make more the along the lines
1: of the influence on people who, at least in are me, like in musical hard, hardcore music fans and actual musicians. Right. You know, I, I mean, I a I can lot of kid, see that. A lot of kids these days, like you were saying, they cite Radiohead as a musical inf- influence when they started playing music. Yeah. So. I think there's certain stereotypes that are just really hard to shake. We've talked
0: about, you know, with the SG before, and it's like, in my mind, like, I can't separate the SG from, like, post-hardcore.
1: Sure. Or, you know, classic rock-heavy stuff. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the SG needs to take on, you know, the appreciation that the Offset has gotten where it can be anyone's guitar, because I think it's a really great guitar. It's really kind of a brighter... Uh, snappier sound than most gibsons I, i've really been enjoying mine uh but yeah it's once you once you put on an sg people are like oh this guy's gonna get heavy yep here come here comes the here comes the the distortion but honestly when i pick it up i want to get kind of jazzy and actually want to get a little twangy too right i f- i pick it up i'm like this is a twang guitar to me yeah uh even though it's got humbuckers i still need to put that p90 in there that i got for it I bought a, P, a humbucker size P ninety for the bridge. I
0: did I know that? Did you get it from GFS? Yeah, I got a GFS. Okay, I didn't know
1: that. I want to get a white pick guard to put them in. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, <sighs> What's another guitar that's like every BC Rich model? <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing a BC Rich, yeah, you're not playing jazz, are you? You're, you know, BC Rich is tough. Is is I think another tough
0: one. I don't think it's as tough as like say the SG or the Telecaster, uh, but I cannot separate seeing somebody playing at BC Rich with thinking like, oh, they must have just started playing. Yeah, like I, there's something about them that just make me think student level.
1: Well, it's a, you know, unless you see one of the ones that are obviously one of the super high-end ones yeah but the vast majority of bc riches are in the sub 300 range yeah, if you see
0: like a rico or something you're like oh that guy's that guy's got like particular tastes
1: and he's some kind of like proggy like genius or something yeah. like that
0: and i know there's like a bunch of you know and i'll i i, I can throw the i feel like i can throw this brand in there though maybe not as heavily, because BC Rich, I definitely think, like, student model. I th- This is a brand I think of when I think of, like, oh, yeah, you've been playing a couple years, is Schecter. Sure. Um And Schecter's got... And and it's still kind of that, like, you know, you started on your BC Rich Warlock that you pay, got for, like, 200 bucks off Craigslist or whatever. Uh-huh. And now you're ready for, like, you're your going to start a band and you need something a little more solid. So you go out there and get a, a you know, a Schecter C1... Uh, or like an OM six or, or something. Omen, yeah, something. One of their like super strat, carved top thing going yeah. on. And I know, you know, Schechter... and part of that is like Schechter is definitely uh, has a lot of sponsorships in like kind of the metal uh-huh. world and the hard rock world. They've got a, a few models that are really classy.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, What's that one with the the Filtrons and the the Bigsby? What is that one called? The the the, the, three, one, the three pickup model looks like a Firebird. The, is it a, like the Ultra? I think it's. It might be the Ultra Three or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like
0: the, they have the Robert Smith is uh, yeah. model. Um, I really think their they call it the PT, uh, which is their Telecaster style guitar, uh, is a really classy look. Yeah, uh, I think it's their PT Custom, which is basically a. Um, Tele- Schechter's take on the telecaster yeah with i think dual p90s and a bigsby uh that's on my short list that's on one of those ones yeah. where like every once in a while i get an itch and i jump on craigslist just to look for a Schechter pt um schecter
1: but- makes a really quality guitar for the price range that they sit in yeah like, like a really solid guitar they put duncan design pickups in there which are fine For most people, if you want something better than solid, you can can swap them out. But I've played a ton of Duncan designs that I'm just fine with. Uh, But they definitely have a little bit of a stigma, I think, because they came on so heavy and were very present when like new metal was the thing. Like they have that little bit of a stink of new metal going on. Just that little stink. And they definitely cater to. Heavier genres and bands that, like, most people haven't heard of, but you see an ad in a magazine like, This guy's sponsored by Schechter. It's like, Who's that guy? And why is his hair like that? (laughs) Where did he get so many piercings? Well, you
0: know, and again, it's one of these things where uh, some of their sponsors are like, beast guitar, like just great guitar players. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of their music, but I've listened to like a, enough tracks to be like, I I understand why people are into them, but uh, is like Avenged Sevenfold. Sure. Uh, and I think one or both guitarists in Avenged Sevenfold are Schecter endorsers. Yeah. Or at There's least so- they were at one time. And like, one, at least one of them has a, a custom model with Schecter. Yeah. Our signature model. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay like that's he's like a legit guy but then you're still kind of wondering like is he just playing Schechter because they offered it to him or you know who
1: knows man I don't, know. I don't know I don't know the politics of that stuff but yeah you definitely if you see someone playing a Schechter, you're usually like okay they're they're probably gonna chugga 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 yeah. you know or Deedly Deedly Deedly. Well, I guess Deedly 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 is more the Ibanez scene. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, uh, you know, another guy playing an Ibanez RG, you know you're going to get those Deedly Deedlies and Meadly diddly, Meadleys yeah. all up in your grill. He's
1: going to dive bomb all day long. Yeah. <laughs> And then you know you've got the whole Gretsch territory. You see someone playing a Gretsch, and if their hair is a certain way, you know exactly what kind of music they're going to play. Oh yeah, you know? you, you just realize you walked into a Brian Setzer cover show. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and, and Gretches they you know they're popular outside of that scene. I know there's a lot of worship guys who love Gretches. I know there's a lot of you know kind of more strummy guys who like Gretches or yeah. you know indie rock guys even. But you know, it's, it, there's a stigma to it. And that's not wrong. It's not bad to have a stigma. It's odd, it's you know, those instruments belong in those scenes for a reason. They have a, a certain appeal and they have a certain function. So, yeah. why not, you know? And those companies know, you know, what market they're shooting for. Oh, they're, yeah, they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I think, I think there's a certain line where people, where companies cross so those. Like, you look at a strat. And for most Fender strats, it's like anyone can play this for anything, right? And then you have a company where you're like, okay, a Schecter Omen, you know, only a few types of people are going to play this, right? And but you know, when you get down to the parts
0: of it, um, a Schecter C1 Classic, which is the I think has the JB fifty nine Seymour Duncan JB fifty nine combination, or maybe the 59 jazz combination it doesn't matter it has like uh-huh. it's got like seymour duncan usa pickups in it and one of the very popular sets was whether it's the jb 59 or the J, or the jb jazz or whatever uh-huh. jazz 59 doesn't matter um but that guitar because of its association with schecter is still like we said like it's kind of in this new metal-y like hard rock thing but that pickup configuration is basically what a lot of guys who are buying les paul studios yeah they're buying the les paul studio they're like uh the 490 498 combo's not working for me i'm gonna get this uh the the jb jazz or the the jb 59 combo from seymour duncan drop it in there and all of a sudden you've got gibson with a mahogany body maple top made in the USA blah blah whatever with the Seymour Duncan pickups and you've got Schechter, Mahogany Body, Maple Top Seymour Duncan pickups they're basically like part for part and I realize there's major quality differences maybe Uh, you know I realize that one's made in Korea and one's made in the US and maybe that makes a big difference on fit and finish Uh, you know I realize that there's there are other differences there but in terms of the general part concept, like the Schechter C1 classic is at least related to sure. the Gibson Les Paul studio, but one of them is like, oh, Les Paul will be, you'll see Les Paul across genre, especially now. You used to never see Les Pauls in like country. Sure. But now you see them. Well,
1: country's a different yeah, thing. Yeah, country
0: now. is very, is basically like. Alternative oh, pop. Modern, yeah, modern country is closer to like southern rock than it is to yeah tradi- traditional country. Um, Country's lost its way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I don't care about country. Don't get me started. <laughs> um,
0: and so uh, anyway, these two guitars like have a lot in similar for their parts, but only one of them is considered like, oh, yeah, Les Paul do everything.
1: Les Paul do
2: everything. Les Paul
0: do
1: everything. <laughs> you channeling Miss Swan over there?
0: No, man. I'm I'm channeling your wife. I I think her allergies are rubbing off on me.
1: <laughs> we got this hot. You, you uh, tried
0: to blame it on the cheese, but I think
1: it's we got kind the of, of a hot, dry desert weather all of a sudden. It's
0: jacking with my face, and hard. all the
1: plants are getting ready for El Nino. They're all going into blossom, even though it's fall. Yeah. around here. So, I don't doubt that you guys are having allergies. So, yeah, I don't know. Man. It happens every year. Someone has allergies. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a question I have and then we'll end on this no matter how long it takes. Is there a guitar that you would love to own but you you can't you're probably not going to do it ever because of the stigma around it or because oh, man. or because the look isn't you, you know?
0: Um, you know, I don't know. Um, guitar wise, obviously, probably basically BC Rich is out. Like, any of the real pointy modern guitars and when I say modern really like 80s, 80s. <laughs> yeah. um, you know
1: modern 30 years ago yeah
0: yeah <laughs> uh, if it was a design that became popular during my lifetime and wasn't popular before my lifetime, sure then it's
1: modern um
0: I think more so because sometimes like I said with BC rage part of that stigma for me is like I just associate them with being cheap um for a long time, I only could get into classic designs in bass for bass guitars. Right, yeah. Um, and now I've got that Yamaha. Uh-huh. uh that, I just love that bass. So, so that's kind of like even buying that Yamaha and playing it on a regular basis. Originally, I was like, oh, this will be a backup. And then I started playing it so much, I was like, I'm going to sell my Fender. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm going to go ahead and throw out two brands... Uh, and there's probably a lot more like um, um, Warwick Uh and Spectre uh, they both make great bases I just I don't Spectre's a little too flashy for me I can't
1: remember what Spectre looks like but Warwick does like the driftwood look right where it's like weird like Hand-sanded, you know, like... Yeah,
0: they do a lot of, dark like... wood. They do a lot of, like... They'll do, like, a dark wood. Drippy,
1: curvy edges. And
0: um then they'll just, like, tongue-oil the entire, like, body and neck. So yeah. they're really, like... They're really nice. I've played a few of them. They are great playing basses. But there's an association for me with Warwick with just being like a little too prog, a little maybe a yeah. little too metal. I think the dude from uh, like the bass player from POD was I think was playing Warwick. Yeah. I just uh, when I one see of the those... bass players for Metallica, I think was playing Warwick. So I just think of Warwick's as being like a metal bass.
1: Well, when I see those kinds of basses, kind of, kind of like. High end, like boutique basses that you know are pretty up there in price, but have like that weird shape to them. Right? I expect to look up and see the person playing it wearing like a Kanga hat, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: No, yeah, like for to, sure, to
1: be that type of guy that kind of like like cork sniffing bass player, you right. know, right? And,
0: and you know, a lot of those guys are just like monster bass. Oh, players. Totally. I know a guy who owns a Warwick, totally. I think, at the Warwick thumb. Um, and he just like he's probably one of the best bass players I've ever met sure um, but yeah there's just something about it and he's like oh it's so comfortable it's a very ergonomic design uh, because of just the longer neck yeah, and the thicker strings and everything like bass players tend to be a little more concerned about ergonomics than guitar players um, and Warwick even though it's a heavier body like I've heard a lot of guys say like it's just even though it's heavier it's Really well designed and it's really comfortable, right? Um, but yeah, I don't. There's just something about them that I just I don't know if I can ever work past it. But I mean, maybe for the right price, maybe you just got
1: to get a kanga hat. <laughs> I don't even know where to buy those. Uh, I'm pretty sure they come with Warwick bases. Oh, okay. So you buy Warwick in, in the gig and you get bag a kanga just waiting for you. Gotcha. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always really wanted two different guitars that have nothing to do with how I play now, but I still kind of want them. But it's like once you hit those people expect a certain kind of playing out of you. Right. I've always wanted an Ernie ball axis just because I think they play so great. I love the way they feel. I love the neck on those things. I love the, uh, the Floyd Rose that, uh, doesn't float. It's like a strat where you know it rests on the body. Yeah. I've also re- always really wanted an Ibanez gem, and I'm not even really like a Steve Vai fan. Like, if I was going to pick a shredder that I'm a fan of, it's either Joe Satriani or Gary Hoey, because I feel right. like I feel like they're more they're better with melodies and better with making music. Right. Where S- Vai is more just like. I can hit all the octaves. Well, you know, you know, Sa- you know
0: Satriani's good because he had to sue Coldplay after they ripped his <laughs> ripped one of his lead lines for their vocal melody. Right,
1: right. But something about the Ibanez gem really appeals to me. And and the it,
0: gem is is Vi, right? Yeah,
1: that's the one with the handle cut away.
0: Right, the monkey grip,
1: and like the the like the the vine inlay on the in the neck. Yeah, and the the. Uh, the cut o- like the the groove cutaway for the uh, the Floyd Rose. Something about that all appeals to me, <laughs> but it doesn't make any sense because it's like that's not how I play. Right, like I don't play like that. But I just think it's a cool guitar. Yeah, and it's weird. I can't get like there's other guitars from my youth that I liked and I don't like anymore. Like I used to uh, like another Floyd Rose. I used to love the 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 Jackson Randy Rose like that shark fin yeah guitar man i don't now
0: we make fun of those i
1: don't own a certain i don't own a single floyd rose guitar right now but like those are my fantasy guitars for some reason just cuz i'm a huge like whammy bar user <laughs> i guess right. i think i've been thinking that if i ever have the money i'm going to pay some guy like one of these boutique builders maybe like Roni or or cower or someone to make me a guitar that looks like a garage rock classic like looks like either you know like a classic offset or looks like a vox phantom right or something like that or like a Mose right but is a secret shredder like okay. just flat wizard neck hot pickups some kind of really uh really responsive tremolo even if it looks like you know a jag trim or something like that but right trick it out to be really responsive and just have a secret shredder you know that looks classy and looks classic but just rips right that's what i want as like my someday future fantasy guitar <sighs> well there we have it i that, guess that's what i gotta say because you know if you saw me like pick up a gym and Start playing and you didn't hear me. Like, what kind of music would you expect me to be playing? Meadily, meedly. Meedly, meadily, as prog rock, as proggy stuff, it's you know, neoclassical or whatever, as many notes as possible. Yeah, yeah, but that's Oh, not you the- only played a
0: thousand notes in that phrase. Yeah, if you're not playing at least two thousand, yeah. why bother? I
1: heard you play the same note at least three or four times. That song, what's wrong? Mm. Yeah. Like, There's so many. I just I just want to play, you know, kind of surfy garage rocky sort of stuff. Right. But I like having a fast high performance guitar around.
0: Yeah, it's a feature set that has a that's associated with a particular artist.
1: Yeah, or to, or a particular style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a slave to fashion over here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of fashion, of uh, uh, yeah, you T-shirts, got nothing. whatever. Yeah, we got T-shirts, 20 bucks. Uh, email us your address. and Well, don't email us. PayPal us and then put your address and your size in the note. Yep. And we will send you a T-shirt for $20. Uh, we'll send you two T-shirts for $40 probably. Yeah. Uh, How's that
0: going to work since if we're doing it through PayPal, are we going to get hit for like 3.5% with oh, like
1: every yeah. transaction? Well, I don't have a PO box, and I don't want to give out my mailing address. Uh, Maybe there's a better way. We we should sell our shirts through Reverb. Oh, uh, isn't that kind of genius? But you'd still be getting hit with a percent. I'm a, yeah, but it's less than PayPal, isn't it?
0: I don't know. I thought Reverb was like three point one percent.
1: How much is PayPal? Like three point five. That's it's something to
0: look into. Maybe yeah, we'll Maybe into we it.
1: need a 60 Cycle Hum Reverb store. I wonder if it would get flagged. I wonder if they allow you to sell apparel there. I don't know. It'd be interesting. they probably only let you sell your their own apparel, like yeah. Reverb branded stuff. Rever- but anyways, if you want a shirt, if you do the PayPal thing, we will get you a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. All these secret hidden costs with this stuff, man. I know. It's expensive. Well, when
0: I set that $20 thing, I wasn't even like... I was thinking about it, but I was like, yeah, whatever. It's... it's Whatever. I don't want to
1: charge more than $20 for a exactly. shirt. Like that feels exactly. excessive to me. Like $20 is an okay price for some someone that's going to who's a fan of the show. We,
0: realistically, like the amount of money that we're going to lose uh, from PayPal fees is recouped by selling like two additional shirts. Sure. So it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's just you know, it hurts to lose money every step of the way. Right. You know, lose money on shipping. You know, obviously it costs money to print them and do everything. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be fine. Even if we break even on these shirts, it's worth it to do them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we got a song here. You yeah, this was talk about the song?
0: by uh, Edward Rodriguez. He's a longtime listener, first time caller. He said, you might know me from the Facebook group as Edward Rodriguez. <laughs> I've decided to contribute a song to avoid having to skip through any more national anthems. They hurt my brain. This was from when my old band from a great height was asked to provide a cover for an Afghan Whigs tribute record. We didn't make the cut, but I'm proud of what we came up with. And uh, so I guess this is a cover of the song Conjure Me uh, by the Afghan Whigs. And uh, he says if any other listeners want to check it out, it can be found here. Um... And he has got a link to a YouTube and a SoundCloud, so I will
1: put those up in the show notes. Awesome. And you've been putting a link to imagers of the ads inside of the show notes as well. That is correct. So if you are uh, viewing or listening to our podcast through iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher,
0: you can look at the show notes and see the ads and uh, click on the link and it'll take you to Imager. You can see the ads, and they're all in albums. So I think if you click on uh, the the actually, I think if you click on the first link, you you will be in an album that allows you to see all of the. Oh, images that's awesome! That I think that's how it works. It's I don't really understand Imgur.
1: We probably need to backlog every ad that we've ever done into there. Oh my god! that would be a lot of work, huh? I don't want to do that. <laughs> Maybe one day we're we'll talking out. about like three hundred images. I know, right? Maybe one day we'll figure out a way to uh, publish our Google Drive, and people can look through all our little bits in there. Yeah. Or put all the uh, I'll put all the a copy of all those folders into another Google Drive for people to see. There we go. Yeah. Hey, I got an idea. How about we play the song? Okay, let's play the song. All right. Uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye.